it's your pal, Jess Wood. Welcome to Get Wood, your favorite thing to do on a Tuesday. Hey, you know, a lot of people ask me, Jess, you hung out with gangs. Did you ever get jumped in? And I always say the same thing. I say, hey, if you mean jumped in, uh, meaning finger banged by all the guys in the gang, <laughs> I guess I was. Hey, let's start the show. Bam. And you say, God damn, this is a dope jam. I'm broad. I'm abroad. Come on, join me. I'm broader than Broadway. You know how it goes. I'm broad. Yes, I'm broad. Said I'm broader than Broadway. And I'm diddling, diddling, diddling myself. Oh, so much of the time. And it feels so good. Your sauce will mix with ours. And we'll make a good goulash, baby. Oh, yeah. What time is it? It's time for Get Wood with your pal, Jess Wood. I said that. Hello, Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever fucking time it is. Time is an illusion anyway, isn't it, babies? We don't have a lot of Every time I get wrapped up in time shit, I get, it throws me. It throws me. I'm going to tell you right now. So today we're going to discuss some, uh, well, yeah, we started off with the finger banging. You know, I do love a good finger bang. Let's Let's not skip over that real quick. Let's just say, uh, let's get to it and say sex is sometimes overrated. If you know how to get a girl off, then yeah, you're on your way in is all I'm saying. Like, don't just, you know, and then just bring like, you know, when guys are just like, like they're checking the weather or something. No, get in there and do a little dance, do a little doodle. Yeah. You can tell that I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of yearning for the left finger bang. Um, I like to make it French. It sounds very classy. Left finger bang. Uh, hi, Tibbs. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello. Good afternoon. Uh, first off, I'd like to just talk about how grateful I am to have been on stage last night in front of a fucking crowd, in front of a crowd of people live, a live crowd of people last night in front of me in the book. Like, ah, shout out to Inside Out. <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking about an acid trip. You know, that's how I always feel when I take acid is that I've completely turned inside out. And all the nerve endings are just happening on the outside of my body all of a sudden it's no longer covered with skin and yeah so shout out to inside out last night for putting on a killer show royal wood yay yay um it was a great time it was a great time and i'll tell you what albuquerque i fucking love you i love okay these are the things that i love about not only it's beautiful of course we know that it's gorgeous it's picturesque it's enchanting land of enchantment all this stuff right but here's what i'm finding out the women big up the other women. Like, come on, man. I've only been in LA and New York. I don't know from this kind of shit, man. This kind of shit, like, I was like, oh my God, what is happening right now? But really, 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 really so much love, so much support. Okay, I'll tell you what, what was happening. I'll tell you a little story about last night real quick. <laughs> okay, I'm sitting 
with my friend Jen. Shout out to Jen. What's up, girl? Um, and uh, we're sitting at a back table and these three young girls come and sit kind of close to us and they are so fun. And I, I, I guessed how old they were. 21. And one girl was like, I'm 23. Like she got offended. And I was like, oh my God, sorry, you're old. Uh, and so they're sitting next to us and the one girl next to me is like whistling with her fingers, you know, which I think very cool like a very cool thing for a chick i don't mean to be like oh you're so cool because you whistle but i am i am i told you earlier in these shows that i'm very judgmental so they were cute they were fun they had the whistling they were sweet to us even though they didn't know us hey hi hi and everybody's all nice now the reason this place is called inside out this bar is because the roof is missing the roof the roof the roof it was on fire actually and they didn't need that motherfucker and they let it burn <laughs> burn motherfucker burn yes and so that's the story that it burnt the roof burnt out burnt off and they left it like that and so now you can smoke and fucking people are fucking, it, it's amazing and the bar itself is hilarious like they sell these drinks. Now, I didn't get it. I didn't get all the ingredients to these drinks, but I will tell you what they looked like. They were IV. They're and they're called IV bags. So it's a plastic bag of blue. I don't know. Fucking it's liquor and probably like blue cacao and uh, a funny little straw, like a fun straw. You do you remember those when you were little? Like a little. It took like a trip. You know, if you had a straw and it took a little trip up to your mouth with the like a fun straw hey Jules and um excuse me I'm getting so excited so they had these ivy these drinks at this bar last night called IVs and it was a plastic bag so it was a sealed plastic bag with this juice inside of it lick liquor juice and uh liquor <laughs> and a straw and a crazy straw fun straw and so I, I looked at my friend and I said, well, at least it's sealed. So you can't get roofied. And why would you want to roofie someone who's having that drink anyway? Obviously, it's called the IV for a reason. You may have to get hooked up to an IV after you drink it, which is something that we were <laughs> talking about at the bar. Anyway, so I was waiting to go on stage and these little gals are next to us and they're whistling and we're laughing and we're carrying on. And they something happened where they like asked a question or something and I go, oh, well, I'm gonna go up in a little bit. And they were like, what? Like, I can't even, I'm not even joking you when I tell you <laughs> the most over the top, like, oh my God, you're a pom-pom, you're a comedian. Like they started hugging me and like freaking out. And I, and I thought to myself, you know, it's, it makes a little bit of sense though, because you know, we're all a bunch of gals in the back of the bar, just like laughing and watching the show or whatever. And I, uh, <laughs> and first of all, there's no blonde people here, which I love. I love being like the, st the standout blonde lady. Um, but anyway, these little girls were so sweet. They were so supportive and they couldn't have been more supportive. And I was like, okay, calm down. You, I may not be that funny like this is gonna fuck me up i imagine that you being so fucking nice like oh my god and supportive before i even do anything oh my i was nervous as fuck and it was only a mic it was an open mic it wasn't even like a real like a like a real show i mean it was a real show because there were tons of people there and it was a real show because i went up and stood on stage and had a microphone but you know it was billed as an open mic and i had to come and sign up my name and i had to wait for people to go so Anyway, but they, everyone was so 
goddamn supportive. Like, I went up on stage, and I didn't know this was happening because I was so, like, in the fucking zone of, like, being on stage in front of live people again. I titty shake all day to that. Titty shake to live people. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm doing my bits and you know carrying on and I'm like I'm like a goddamn whirling dervish up on that stage I'm like a Tasmanian devil up there like pun intended devil and so uh the first thing I say when I get up on stage too I just grab the mic I'm like what's up fuckers you dicks listen up like oh my god why is she coming at us so strong well I'll tell you why it was a bar and so people were talking and people were drunk I told you they're selling IV bags filled with like a juice and so uh, I get off, but then I get off stage and oh my God, it was so nice. The, the people, the people, especially the women. That's what I'm saying. I, my biggest point is that how goddamn beautiful the other females were with me. No wonder no one knows about New Mexico. It's fucking authentic. It's sweet. There's no body bullshit here. Everybody's like kind and, and, they're, and they're kind to one another and the women are so supportive and it's like, it's so goddamn great so when I got off stage all these ladies were just like yeah 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 and I had a full cheering section and you should have seen my girls oh my goodness they were out of their minds my new my all my new friends in the back they were out of their fucking gourds they were just they couldn't believe it they just couldn't believe it and I couldn't believe it it was I I was stunned and amazed and I was it was lovely it was so lovely and to have that be my first like welcome back into you know, live people again and on stage and having a bunch of people I don't know around. And then there were a few people that I did know, like a couple comics that I did know. And let me tell you, I, I, you know, I hope that they hope that they caught my shit up there doing my thing. And then uh, and then my friend told me, oh, everyone was filming you and people were up with their videos. People got up out of their chairs and they went up to the stage. They were closer to the stage. And then one of my favorite photographers took a picture of me. Like it was, let me tell you something. <laughs> Sometimes, let me just tell you something. All the fear that I have, all this, the loneliness that I go through, all the like pain of like change and challenges and going I don't know this fucking city I didn't know one goddamn person when I got here well let me tell you how rewarded I have gotten and this is a lesson y'all this is it I'm like true for real for real lesson if you take some chances you do shit that makes you scared or you do shit that you don't think you can do oh my god you're gonna fucking flourish you're gonna thrive like the succulents of the desert let me tell you I mean have more water than they do because the water is important out here um, anyway, the guy who was uh, hosting the show actually was um, this wonderful guy uh, called Royal Royal Wood. And you would say, oh, my God, is that your brother? And he is my brother. He's a black man, and he's my brother. And that is what's up. I can't imagine how much my mom is smiling right now from wherever the fuck she is. She's probably here with me right now. Jesse, stop. You know what I mean? Like, she's just always on my fucking tail. So, uh, it, it's amazing. So he came up to me after my set and he hugged me and he was like, girl, and he hugged me and I was like, thanks, Royal. And then, uh, later he came back around like an hour later and he, or not an hour, but like 20 minutes later. And he goes, and he stopped and he looked at me and he goes, Hmm, is that a mullet? That's a mullet, right? That's a mullet <laughs> about my hairdo. And I was like, yes, yes, it is. Do you, uh, how, how are we? 
How is it? I, I feel like I need a trim, but every time I feel like I should cut my hair, the hair looks really lovely. And I go, hey, Jessica, just let it, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. So I did a little bit about the cholos last night, and I said, you know, sometimes, a lot of times when I do my comedy, I have to kind of, you know, remind people of what a cholo is or tell people, hey, this is, you know, you've seen them in the movies, you know, stand and deliver. <laughs> like, I'll say stuff. I go, but not in Albuquerque. Ooh, big laugh. Big laugh. Because you know why? And then I, I was like, ooh, I was getting, like, hot and bothered on the stage about, like, the men here. And I said, I hate a white man. Oh, my God. I just yelled it out. I just yelled it out like it was a statement of the year. I just hate a white man. Hey, excuse me, miss. Are you okay? Are you, are you Tourette's? So Tourette's Wood, Tourette'sica. So I, um, I couldn't do this show without making a, a, a shout out. Speaking of hating white, speaking of hating white people, let me just take a moment to give some love to Mr. Paul Mooney. Uh, who passed away this week, and uh, I just, I have to say, because Richard Pryor was my hero, my idol, I mean, I'll say Mae West and Richard Pryor, but no one knows who Mae West was, so, and that's a fucking shame, let me tell you. Um, not no one, but, you know, a lot of the uneducated, uh, uneducated uh, you know, she, uh, anyway. She wrote all her own shit, you know. She got, she was a huge deal in vaudeville on vaudeville. But you know, for me, not only was she a huge performer in vaudeville, and she was a fucking hot lady, and it was a lady a certain age, still hot, fucking doing her thing. She wrote all her own material, all that shit that you guys know. Like you, uh, come up and see me sometime. Oh, you know, is that a gun in your pocket, or you're just happy to see me? Mm. You know, shit like that. Uh, uh. A good man is hard to find, but a hard man is good to find. Hey, coo-coo-coo-coo. That's what I'm talking about. Homegirl fucking got snatched off the stages of New York vaudeville, put into the Hollywood studios, wrote her own shit, chose her own man. She's like, I want to make out with that fool. You know what I'm saying? That shit's badass. Mae West. If you haven't seen her, go watch a movie or something. Or you don't even have to. You just saw me do it. Anyways, I want to say rip to Paul Mooney. Rip. Rest in power, Paul Mooney. This motherfucker, hilarious, hilarious. If you do not know him and his body of work, please go and watch some of his stand-up. He created Homie the Clown on In Living Color. If you don't know what Homie the Clown is, motherfucker, homie, don't play that, okay? Go and fucking watch that shit. You know, I'm always recommending that you watch. I hate to... I don't mean to yell it at you, but I recommend it in a strong way because his work was unparalleled. He wrote for Richard Pryor. I mean, how the, that's some fucking classic shit. He wrote for Richard Pryor. You know that joke Richard Pryor has? Uh, he's like, I got so high, I, I got my gun and I, and I shot my car. And I just kept shooting the car. I like the way the wheels sound. And he does this whole thing about how the tires sound when they, when they deflate. And he goes, but then someone called the cops. So I had to go inside because cops don't kill cars. They kill Nick cars. Oh, my God. And that's a Paul Mooney. Joke. And that's from like the 70s, you guys. That's from the 70s. Yeah, in living color. In living color. Do what you want to do. And always, homie the clown was at, homie D-clown, excuse me, excuse me. 
excuse me, uh, homie D clown, he was always at like Shea Whitey, you know what I mean? He was, and when he was teaching the kids, you if you have if you're not familiar with this, please go and look it up on YouTube's. And as I know, I said YouTube's. Shut up! I'm a fool. What have you not noticed? Who and where and what yet? Because and it's entertaining and it's real. That's hi. Okay, so Paul Mooney. Um, he um, had a joke about, uh, I was just watching a special, I mean, I watched like three hours <laughs> the day that he died. I did. I watched like three hours of his shit. But there was one step, a uh, uh, bit that he had after uh, 9-11. And he was like, oh, they thought it was us. They thought it was us that, that did the towers. He's like, no, if it was black people, we you would have seen parachutes coming down, do-rags, parachutes. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. And then he talks about, um, he talked about, uh, uh, white people, white people get a hold of your children, get a hold of your children, you know, uh, my God, train your children. So, cause, cause of all the killings. And there weren't even that many, there, there was barely, what was it? Columbine back then? It was nothing. Look at us now. Ugh. Number one, we're number one <laughs> in horror, in horror. Uh, speaking of which, um, someone that I, uh, have worked with in the past on stage in, uh, Hollywood at the comedy store, a gentleman by the name of Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, has gotten in some hot water this last week or two regarding, uh, uh, uh abuse and, um, you know, shit towards women, which, huh, really, really? He, I never, here's the thing, here's where I'll start to talk shit. Because they had a show called Kill Tony at the Comedy Store. And the reason it was really a big deal was because um, there were these comics on stage, Tony and his friend and a couple of guys in a band. And they would all be on the stage. And then they'd invite a comic who's like a, a famous comic. And they'd be on stage. And then, they'd, and, and then they'd have a bucket of everybody's name, all the other comedians who were waiting in the, wing, in the, in the audience. And they'd pull a name and then you get brought up and you get to do 60 seconds, six zero seconds of material. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I fucking killed that shit. I got brought up the first time I got, I fucking killed it because why? Because I have one minute joke about being shot in a drive-by. Yeah. I would think that would set up the interview section that we would have something really funny and fucking interesting to talk about. But these fools are so low hanging fruit that they, the first thing they said to me when I finished my joke and people are laughing. And the first thing they said to me, Oh, well, how old are you? Oh, uh, have you ever been with another woman? Like who, dude, I just gave you a fucking golden nugget joke about me being shot in a fucking drive by. And you don't want to, then I have to feed them. You know, I'd have to feed them shit. I'm like, well, I smoked a bunch of PCP. And they're like, oh, what's that like? Yeah, motherfucker. See, there's some interesting shit right here. If you zip the lip or get like an idea, watch the comics material. And then you can talk about what they fucking talked about. Because then it keeps in context of the whole fucking show. We're at the comedy store. It's a sold out room. We're in the main room. It's a big deal. It's getting live streamed. Let's talk about some real good shit. Uh, you know, and I was just like, ugh. so I posted, you can go see, <laughs> I bring this up because I just wanted you to see that I posted a, one of the times that I was up, I was up three different times and 
excuse me, one of the times that I was up, mm-hmm. exactly, I need a little drink. One of the times that I was up, Burt Kreischler and Kreischler, yeah, you know, the dude who took his shirt off for his billboard was just his belly, white guy, and Bobby Lee. You know Bobby Lee. Everybody loves Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee. Anyways, I fucked Bert up bad at the end of that show because I was like, or at the end of my set on stage. And they kept me up for like 15 minutes for my interview because I made it interesting because I kept feeding them shit to get, like, come on, you guys. Anyway, so I wanted to say that that show was huge. It was, it became a huge success. I mean, it's, you know, he has so many followers. There's so many people that would go sold out at the comedy store every week. And it was because they were mean and, and everyone was mean to each other and the fucking, and I don't mean to sound like of like, Oh, everybody was mean. I mean, I, I was mean back when they were mean to me, but I don't think that's entertaining anymore. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about y'all? Like, I feel like how come we can't get people up and then big them up and then, and then say like, Hey, that was great. in the, this, and that was great on the, that like fucking stop it with the fucking hating already. Like we've been ruled by haters for years, 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 years. And haters make Make us feel like we're not supposed to be who the fuck we are or look the way we look or sound the way we sound or whatever the fuck. I mean, I know I'm going to listen to Cat Williams and say, let the haters hate. That's their job. I got to get 20 more haters before summer. You know what I mean? But at the same time, let's not glorify and give all of our love and our energy and our money to these fucking fucking haters and these goddamn like exploitative fucking bullshit, racist, sexist, all that stuff. I don't know, like ageist, like all the bullshit. I mean, we had, a, I had a friend in a, in a, a guy called um, Malcolm Hatchet. And Malcolm, a fantastic comic of North Carolina, came up, was doing fantastic stuff and got pulled into this show, particular show, this Kill Tony. And a young black kid, and they didn't have any black kids. Uh, listen, I, listen, I know I'm talking shit. I don't care. He left this ch- this gentleman, our pal Mal, because you know why? And he didn't say this to any of us, but we knew. It was very exploitive. It felt like they were like, hey, look, we're okay. Look at it. You know, and it was like, mm, it just didn't feel authentic. And you know what's the most authentic thing I've felt recently? <laughs> Besides the hand on my vagina, I have felt the authenticity of this city. This Albuquerque fucking city is the most authentic. I don't care who says what about what. That's why, again, I feel like people don't even know about this place. And I don't, I shouldn't talk so great about it because I don't want a bunch of fuckers. This is like a, you know, this is like, this is like an amazing uh, 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 thrift shop or car joint that has like great deals, um, fantastic stuff. And you kind of can't believe that you've wandered into it. I mean, that's, I don't mean to take your town and make it a thrift shop, but you know, that's to me, that's the hugest compliment you can make. <laughs> There's so many killer finds, you know, if you just take your time and you look around and it's just the authenticity. Now, again, I was raised in Los Angeles, California, the least authentic place in the fucking world. I mean, 
really, let's be honest, it is the least authentic place in the world. And I'm sorry, Los Angeles, you're a lovely place. I do have you forever and always on my body. But uh, the way that I was raised, I got a gallon here that w- with me, Miss Titi. Um, we were on the fringe. Let me tell you something. And let me tell you about the fringe of Los Angeles. We were the shit. And I'm not, I'm not lying. Do you want to talk authenticity? Take me back to the 80s, Los Angeles, punks, fucking hippies. I mean, it was wild. And everybody was doing all the stuff, you know, because we're all kids. We're all lost, you know, lost angels in Los Angeles. And yeah, just lost, lost, lost. And uh, we found one another and we found all the freaks found each other. And even if that meant you were a punk rocker, but a cholo hung out with you, it didn't even matter. And that's how it feels here in this city. It's like, wow, like nobody, you know, people aren't all, ew, what's that? You know, like it's not, there's not that energy here. Like I'm probably the most fucking judgy. Like I told you, I judged that chick's pee at the Planned Parenthood. I mean, you know, that's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's more about health, okay? Jesse, don't get don't don't put yourself down, sweetheart. Thanks, mom. Um so I yeah, so I just want to say a uh, big love to Paul Mooney, big love to Al Bikurki, Bikurki. Um yeah. Let's keep moisturizing, y'all. Let's keep moisturizing. Um I am a little nervous right now because for, you know, life and shit coming back, right? And I don't have the dole coming in anymore. And let me tell you, oh yeah, tripping on acid in Hollywood, cholos and punks, that's right. Cholos and punks, that's right. Tripping in Hollywood, tripping in Hollywood, cholos and punks, that's right. Cholos and punks, that's right. I mean, it's it was it was unbelievable. We were all out at the same places. We were all out. Did you just apply moisturizer? Oh, black. That's what I'm talking about. You cannot not moisturize especially here i'm like i'm i'm 73 that's what my mama used to say to me all the time though when she lived in la she was like jesse i look 70 in la and 17 in new york because new york has a lot of humidity you know and i'd be like oh ma rest in peace mama oh my god my mom's up there with paul mooney right now you can't even say i i imagine he's like this crazy white lady like he <laughs> just love my mom <laughs> Anyways, oh my God, you guys. So yeah, Hollywood, uh, Venice. I remember, look, Tippy's shouting us out for our teenage times in fucking, in all the wildness of, of Los Angeles. Because we were, we were left on our own. There was absolutely no fucking, uh, you know, parents or guardian or whatever the fuck. We had the key to the house or the apartment or the hotel room. Remember, I lived in a hotel room. Um, yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot. That was the that was the, the name of my one woman show, BTW. Oh my god. So I'm looking at my notes over here. Every time you see my little eyeballs go shoot down over on this side, it's because I'm looking at my little notes and uh, my little eyeballs, my little notes over her. Uh, so I live next to a uh, uh, elementary school now. And I live so close to it that I and I've never I've never lived 
close to a school and my mom, speaking of my mom, my mom hated kids. My mom hated kids. Well, she loved black kids. Oh, black kids, Spanish kid, Asian kid. She loved, she fucking hated white kids. Hi, I'm your kid. Um, so true story, all true. Everything I tell you on here is true. Obviously. Why the fuck am I lying? Who would lie about their mom hating white people? Ah, so stupid. Anyway, she, uh, she would hate to he- hear the children playing like, oh God, shut the fuck up. I think I told you guys that before uh, that my mom and I were having coffee when when she was living in Los Angeles at the same time as I was and we were having coffee and she, there was a white baby crying behind us and my mom leans over to me and she goes, oh, somebody shut that fucking kid up. And I was like, first of all, you're a mom. Where's the, where's the love? <laughs> and you were kind of hippie when I was, anyway, I go, mom, it's a baby. What's the matter? And she, and she looks me right in the eyes and she goes, Jesse, you know, I prefer children of color. All right. Well, let's get the bill. It's been a good time. Good to see you, ma. Good to, good to catch up, I guess. Um, <laughs> so she doesn't, she doesn't like the children. Um, the whites. And so I'm living next to this school. So I hear them a lot. You know, I hear them screaming and, uh, you know, doing what they do. And sometimes I'll take a look out and see maybe a lunchtime activity or something. And (laughs) I shouldn't laugh because it brings back horror for me. I have such triggered trauma. I'm going to use all the fucking words from therapy. Triggered trauma, PTSD moments. Ah, flash, geek. I look out there and I see these kids. There's this one kid sitting all by themselves at lunch, just sitting there, just sad fucking loner. And everyone else is in little groups of sitting. And you know, you can't sit like next to next to each other, but this kid is obviously not with anyone. And it just brought me back to my elementary school uh, experience. I was raised a vegan on welfare. I know, they were smart at my house. Uh, mama, um, so a vegan, what does a vegan eat? And it's old, I'm old. So vegan in, vegan in my day, just, it, it, there was nothing yet. You didn't have anything yet. There was the thing, there wasn't like fake cheese and fake, I mean, there was, but it was like, you know, it was like, like if, if your parents say that carob is a treat, you're child abused. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I was already child abused. And then on top of it, I have the fucking vegan on welfare. I'm starving <laughs> anyway. So my lunches consisted of, okay, first of all, it was always packed in one of those giant paper bags from the grocery store, you know, or not the grocery store. Excuse me. My mother only went the co-op. Honey, we, we belong to the co-op. Well, we're on welfare. You can only pay $7 a fucking month. And you gotta have to go in there and give a few hours of your time. Whatever the fuck. I hated the co-op. Do you know what the co-op was? Just a bunch of stank-ass vegetables everywhere and fruit and vegetables everywhere. And then they'd sell like a pair of linen pants on the wall. Do you remember that? <laughs> Did anyone have to go to the fucking co-op with their parents? And there were, there were, well, my mom. And there was the pair of linen pants hanging on the wall, like tacked to the wall, like the fuck and I had a t-shirt that said love animals don't eat them and it had a bunch of animals with a kid like that looked kind of like me but a little cleaner on the t-shirt I wore that shirt almost every day I believe it was one out of like four that I might have had anyway yeah carob is a fucking child abuse I was also fed a lot of carrot juice so much carrot juice that I was orange orange or orange for those of you who are from the east coast 
Uh, I because of all the carrots. Yes, carrots. <laughs> Anyhow, I went to school with my lunch bag from the co-op, which was just a giant brown bag. You know, they got it, mom had to roll it like seventeen times down, but it was still wider than the uh, lens of this camera. And uh, I would take that, and it would already have leaked when I got to when it was time for lunch. It had leaked through the bag because why? What'd you have for lunch, Jess? Well, I had. I'll tell you the two things that I always had a piece of watermelon or a piece of fruit because, you know, vegan and kind of like a trying to make a sandwich sandwich. So she'd have these weird breads that she'd have to cut the slice by herself. Do you know what I mean? Like it was unsliced bread. So she'd don't give her a knife. She's definitely buzzed like all the time and she would have to cut it so inevitably my sandwich would consist of this very strange like Ezekiel disgusting bread where one slice was really thin and crumbly and one slice was like thick and like no mayonnaise because we were dairy-free vegans and uh, a smidgen of mustard and then a, a leaf of lettuce and the leaf of lettuce she never was very good at cleaning i you know i listen i peed in my closet because i was scared to go to the bathroom because i had to go through her and her boyfriend's room <laughs> so the the place was a mess anyway so who's gonna wash lettuce when your daughter's peeing in the closet you're probably not gonna wash a leaf of lettuce so the lettuce that got on that sandwich was like always with a little dirt like you know when you have a dirt on your lettuce and so what kind of sandwich is that and then the watermelon that had leaked the bag so who who did I sit with at lunch you ask there were I knew a couple gals that were from my area of Topanga Cannon but they didn't sit with me either um I sat with the bees the bees were my friends. The bees were over there just just circling, just waiting for their moment to come down onto that watermelon and take their part of it. And, you know, hey, who might have brushed a bee off? You know, God bless them. They were my pals. A lot of kids have imaginary friends. Mine happen to be stuff that help the planet stay alive. So I'm kind of okay with that. Uh of course, I've never had a cafeteria meal ever in my life, never in my schooling life. I mean, I dropped out in 10th grade, but I before that, never a school lunch, ever, ever, never. Also, I did go to some alternative schools, which is me. You know, they don't feed you. They let you loose. They're like, go ahead. And then you go and smoke weed across the street from the school where they can see you. And no one really cares. Anyway, in a nutshell. Hey, uh, so living next to this school, sometimes I get a little triggered. And uh, I was doing my walk yesterday, and there's this older lady. She's in her 80s. She's awesome. She fucking does the walk also. And we always, hey, what's up? What's up? We give her, hey, what's up, fool? And uh, and she goes, she goes uh, when is school out? <laughs> She was ready also. I love meeting broads that aren't, that are cranky about the kids. I don't care. I like a kid. It sounds fun. They're all, you know, excited and shit. There's like some fun. Yeah, Smash. Exactly, Tibbs. Smash was Santa Monica Alternative Schoolhouse. That was the name of that school. And let me tell you something about Smash. When you call your teachers by the first name, it's never going to work out. Smash to me. I remember somebody saying to one of the teachers, like, I don't want to do my homework, Brian. Fuck you. And he didn't get in trouble. 
So that's not okay. You can't go into the real world thinking that that's going to be all right to say to your boss. You know, I don't care, Mr. Smith. I don't want to fucking do that report. Fuck you. You're fired. You know, so you didn't learn skills in there. Now, Olympic, I love tips. Thanks for posting all these schools that we went to because we went to like, I don't even want to. I went to 14 schools in 10 years myself, which a lot of people who are my age did because we got tossed back and forth between parents or we were bad or whatever the fuck it was. So, uh, but Olympic, I thought Olympic had its shit together more. That was the high school. Um, even though there were people that were just PCP'd out of their fucking mind, just dusted, like fucking dusted. Hey, fucking shut up, babe. I'm trying to fucking finish my high before I go back in there and finish that assignment, Holmes. Because you, because there was, you were on your own time in, in Olympic, but at Olympic, you had to call people Mrs. This and Mr. That, and there was a principal or a dean or some shit. And let me tell you the school hours of Olympic. Tip, you remember the school hours of Olympic? It was 8.50 in the morning. That's 8.50 in the morning until 11.50. That's 11.50 in the morning. And that's it. 8.50 to 11.50. Because these motherfuckers, we couldn't handle anymore. We couldn't handle anymore being in, like we couldn't, you know, it was before people were diagnosed with shit like ADD or dyslexia, which I have. I suffer from all these things. And, uh, and so did most of the kids that I grew up with. Like we were all fucked up. But when when the reason I couldn't go to a public school was because every time I went to a public school, they would put me in like the special ed class. Do you know the special ed class? What we used to call retarded. Ah, retarded. Okay. So, anyways, yeah. Um. Oh my God. So okay, I'm gonna leave you. I'm going a little long, but I'm gonna leave you with this last joke. Uh, it's not even a joke. It's really a real thing that happened. <laughs> without a parent's note exactly you could call in sick you could just not show up you could fucking do whatever you wanted and that's why tib let's just let me just tell you something when i dropped out of school and then i decided to try to go back and get my diploma i had to go back and look at all the 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 units or whatever the fuck the credits that i hadn't done and i hadn't done any i hadn't done any do you know that i had 45 credits to make up for high school it's as if i didn't even go to school because I did it. And when I was there, fuck you. What am I doing here? You know. <laughs> so there were no credits to be had anywhere. There were no credits. No credits to be had. Um, anyway, speaking of the, the R word, what I just said, uh, retardé. Why are you retardé? Um, I used to live in Hollywood next door to a great friend of mine. I miss him tremendously. Uh and he and I used to hang out in front of my apartment building all the time. And we, we would smoke blunts in the before times, you know, and we would smoke blunts and we would talk about the building. And he was a black guy who called me the N word constantly. Like, I mean, excuse me. I mean like every other word, like, like beyond what you would imagine. It was like, I was his friend from jail. <laughs> like, and I don't mean that. <laughs> I always used to say that to my guy friend, like even my boyfriends, they treat me like I'm their cellmate. You know, I have that vibe. Like a lot of guys are like, Hey, what's up? Like they could really, I could really talk to you. Like, I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Like that kind of vibe. But, um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he, I did. I used to yell at the fucking pirate, my last boyfriend. I'm like, stop treating me like I'm your cellmate and your friend from jail. 
But uh, anyhow, my neighbor used to do that. And so he would complain about the building all the time to me, like all the time. Like every day would be downstairs, be smoking, hanging out, beautiful, another beautiful L.A. day, 70 something in the middle of fucking nastiness of this Hollywood. And our building was horrible. And so he'd always say to me, he'd be like, nickel, because I'm not going to say the word. I don't like the word. I used it in a joke earlier because, it, you know, Paul Mooney. But uh, he goes, he goes, he's come up to me and he could close talk nickel. You know how they putting those poles up, Nickel? They putting those poles up right there so we can't even park right here, Nickel. That's what I'm saying. So we can't even park right here. You know they're doing that because of us, right, Nickel? They're doing that because of us. And you know that downstairs they locked up that laundry room, Nickel? They locked it up, Nickel. What, what happened if my fucking daughter gets down there and he she can't, you know, that's my daughter. Like, she can't get out of the laundry room. That's a fire hazard, Nickel. That's a fire hazard. And so I'm like, oh my God, okay. So I now I want to talk about the building, right? So I'm like, you know, actually, all right, I'm trying to come up with something positive. I go, well, remember the guy that was here that was pulling up the rugs to look for the wood floor underneath and he had that retarded son that was eating the cookies in the corner? <laughs> and he goes, he comes up, even he gets quiet. He goes, Nickel, you can't say retarded. <laughs> and I was like, where do we draw the line, Jamal? Where do we draw the line? I just got to know. And then I told him that I was doing that joke on stage. And I was only doing, I only do it uh, when I, when I'm not in a crowd, when there's not an audience just of white people. Cause I don't feel like white people, I've gotten weird reactions from white people about it. And I don't, I don't like it. So I, I do it only when I know that there's people, <laughs> when it's a mixed, mixed room, like here, like now, like right now. And so I told Jamal I was doing that and I did the whole bit for him, you know, and he's laughing and he goes, yeah, I got another nickel does that shit too. And I was like, what? And he goes, yep, another white nickel. <laughs> I was like, you know, I have to add that now as a tag, right, Jamal? Like, you know, I have to take that now and use that as well, right, Jamal? Oh my goodness. Thank you. Okay, then. Okay. All right. I have gone long today, but you know what? I like it long. <laughs> long and strong, baby. Oh my God. This white dude followed me last night on stage and he goes, uh, the first thing he said, I hate white dudes too. And then for the next three or four comics, people said something about white dudes. And I was like, mm, I started it. I started it. Anyway, I love you. I love you. I love you. Spread some love to yourself. If you have any left, spread it around to the people that you think deserve it. Now, everybody deserves love, man. Let's just give out love. Let's give out uh, less division, less hate. Let's not do fucking, let's, oh God. There's so much hate going on right now, y'all, that we have to make certain that we are uh, pushing towards love all the time. And if you see anything that's looking like wrong, step up, say something, do something and, um, you know, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And I love you so much and just be kind. Just please just be kind. It doesn't take much. I know I talk a lot of shit on here, but it's mostly about myself. <laughs> And yet I preach to love ourselves, but we are, we are, we're doing the best we can. It's a crazy time right now. It hasn't gotten back to whatever normal was before. It's never going to be that. It's okay. Take it slow. If you have to take it slow, 
don't think that you have to do shit and you and you know don't feel like you have to be on your fucking best or your shit or your what am i doing just try to ease in ease in every day know that you're here gratitude for i mean i'm every day grateful for my sight my my hearing my taste my feel my my limbs my organs all the gratitude all of it it helps and if you're feeling really really badly reach out to somebody please reach out and if you feel like somebody looks too happy all the time reach out to them (laughs) i know what i talk about here all right y'all i'll let you go i love you I'll see you next Tuesday. I love saying that too. And oh, guess what? If you want to subscribe, I would love that. If you would like to share this show with your friends, I would love that even more. If you would like to Venmo me, please, I'll have it on the show notes. Venmo, PayPal. I have a Patreon page. I have merchandise that says easily distracted. I got a few more sizes left of panties. Well, it's boy shorts and tank tops and t-shirts. Okay. I love you so much for watching, for listening, for being you. Stay you. Stay true. I send you very many kisses and loves. Okay? Okay. Bye. Bye. Yes, I'm sure I want to end. It's time to 